All right, it's time for our Miami Sports Pod, and well, we're going to call this the rip what in the world happened to the Hurricanes, criticize, nitpick, figure out whatever the heck happened against the Canes and what has happened to the Canes this entire season. Right when you thought they'd had some momentum with three straight wins, they go out and they lose to FIU. And I want to be clear, I want to give credit to FIU. I, I I think FIU deserves credit. They didn't make mistakes. They avoided the big issues as far as handing Miami points. Uh, that's where, you know, again, can get away from you, the turnover chain, all that stuff that Miami likes to do. FIU came in with a plan to be careful about that. They made the big plays when they needed to, finding open guys running through the middle of the field a couple of times. Credit to the Panthers on getting a very significant win in program history. That needs to be said. But guys, this pod is going to concentrate more on the mess that the Hurricanes have become. Will Manso, Clay Furrow, Dookie Lane. Clay, I'll start with you. Um, you know, right when we thought that maybe with Jaron Williams and the team playing a little better that the Canes were going to start turning the corner, Saturday night happens. It's just not, there's no excuse for it, and I understand why Canes fans are so angry. Poor quarterback play, poor decisions as far as what to do with your offense, I mean, you're, you're running for almost seven yards a carry. They were getting almost seven yards a carry out of their running backs. Mm-hmm. And you knew that Jaron Williams was struggling. And, and yet you still didn't lean on those running backs nearly enough, and really, until it was too late. Um, you know, I don't think it's that complicated. And, and yeah, you got to give FIU a ton of credit, no doubt about that. Um, but since we are focusing on the Miami side of this, it just felt like the second you saw that Jaron Williams was off, why not give the ball to 13? Well, I, I, I'll answer that. I want you to keep going. I really think this is a situation where Manny Diaz has, has pretty much said to himself, the future is Jaron Williams. Uh, he is our guy. He's referenced to him as our guy many times. And because this game wasn't impactful as far as, look, they can't win the Coastal. They're, they're, this is not an ACC game. This, you know, I think he wanted to see how his guy responded to adversity, and obviously he didn't respond well. So, so let me go back real quickly. So what, how do you want to start this? I mean, I, I know I started with like specific stuff, but are we looking big picture? What, what does this mean? Or well, do you want I, to start with like the I game mean, itself? I think we could talk about the game, certainly. And, you know, we can all mention some of the things we saw, but the game itself wasn't to me, the real story. I mean, I, again, there's a yeah. side story for FIU what it means for their program. It's a yeah. huge win. But for the Canes, you know, Manny called it the low point, right? He called it the low point in what is a proud program. I don't even know if you can call it a proud program anymore. Look, they almost lost to Central Michigan. Uh, they got, you know, Georgia Tech, which is a bad football team. They didn't play well. They they got run out early by VTech and North Carolina, you know, early in games. They don't look prepared coming out of buys, and then you lose like this, so unprepared, so unmotivated against a team that you know it's their Super Bowl when they play you in the town that you play in. So yeah, so let's go big picture then, because I, I started game stuff and and big yeah, picture game stuff is okay. I, I, but I, I, I want to go back to your point that you just made because I think it hits the nail on the head right here. I I don't the preparation is off. There, there's something sorely lacking in the preparation that. You go into a game like this, and I, I get what you're saying, by the way, that you want to build up Jaron Williams' confidence, and you, you feel like you see an opponent across the field that you're a three-touchdown favorite against, so you would think that it'd be the perfect opportunity to build up his confidence a little bit and all that, but 
you have to win the game first. And I think what we've seen is a lack of poor preparation in how to beat the teams that you should be beating fairly handily. Look, get the game in the bag first. Uh, this team should have been able to run the ball. But again, this all goes back, and this is this is not game-specific anymore. It's why does this keep happening game after why game after so game? Uh, yeah. Why do they come out so flat? Yeah. Good opponent, bad opponent, mediocre opponent. And look, let's, let's be clear, Dookie. FIU, despite their win and all what it means and the impact historically for them in that program, they're not a good football team. They haven't been all season long. They've lost to some really bad teams by a lot. FAU just beat them by 30 the other day. Middle Tennessee State, you know, they came in more prepared. Butch had them hyped and ready, and all the credit goes to them certainly for that. But that doesn't erase the fact that they're not a good team, and Miami looked so much worse than they did as far as preparation, execution, they just look shook. Miami looked like a shook football team, like a team that has no business being anywhere near a competitive football team at any kind of major level of college football. You know, I'm varying my feelings about this game. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you. Childhood, well, it. It, no, this goes this go. You know, it, it's a really interesting game for me for a couple reasons. First of all, the where right? They're playing on the site of the old Orange Bowl. That meant something to me. But I'm 38 years old. To me, that means Section U, Row 65, seats 9 and 10, starting in 1984, going to games every weekend, having stuff drip on my head from the up, the deck above us and the trough in the bathroom and the, the, the gross feeling you had after leaving the Orange Bowl after a great Canes game. All that stuff is evoked by talking about the Orange Bowl. Okay, so I have that feeling. I don't think that the Canes, who are between the ages of, what, 18 and 22 felt that sense of pride about the Orange Bowl, City of Miami. I I don't think they felt that. And I think FIU did. And for whatever reason, Butch Davis was able to better communicate Mm -hmm. to his team what it meant to be playing on the site of the Orange Bowl, what it meant to rule the City of Miami. To be the city champions. I mean, for for lack of a better word, for like you said, FIU, who is a meddling Conference USA team versus Miami, who is a meddling ACC team, this was their bowl game. Oh, I, I know they're going to go to a bowl game, but this was their Would defining. You, this I want to keep it going. So why why would why did FIU look like a team that treated it that way, right? They yes. came in with everything. They're Absolutely. Like players afterwards were saying they weren't even calling them the University of Miami. Right, they're calling the them that school yeah, in Coral Gables. Yeah, because they're the yeah. real University of Miami. Yes. So And credit to them. That's the way they should prepare. Yep. So why was Miami just preparing as, oh, give me a break. That's just FIU. Because, not, uh, and, uh, and I'll tell you why. And, they're not and, on our level. Okay, so, here, so here's the next piece of the puzzle. Yeah, guess what they are. So, on, okay, so... I have all that <laughs> connection to the University of Miami program. I also have a deep connection with the FIU program. I used to do you know sideline radio reporting for FIU, and I used to watch them play against Power 5 teams when T.Y. Hilton was there. And when T.Y. Hilton was on that team, he looked like the only guy who belonged on the field in some of these games. Mm-hmm. Okay, So they would go into the game with one player who was really just capable of big things, and then a bunch of guys who kind of didn't belong on the field. It didn't look like that on Saturday night. The gap has narrowed. And Clay, you're the college football guru around here. I don't think this is a uniquely University of Miami problem or situation, which is that the gap between a school who is not very good in a big conference and a school 
in a smaller conference, they still find good players. You look on Sunday, you see players who are, it's not just Alabama, Georgia, University of Florida, Florida State. My, there are kids from all over the country. There's talent all over the country. And the gap is, in my opinion, has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And by the way, when people talk about, oh, the U isn't back, they want the U to come back, the problem for the University of Miami, when Howard Schnellenberger built the quote-unquote state of Miami, he wasn't recruiting against FIU. He wasn't recruiting against FAU. He wasn't recruiting against Central Florida. It was Florida, Miami, and Florida State. That was it. And he was the only one who, who figured out, hey, there's a lot of talent in South Florida. Well, fast forward to 2019, everybody knows it. So there's going to be kids on FIU who are talented enough perhaps, to have a role at the University of Miami, but Miami doesn't have 200 roster spots. And by the way, Will, they probably had a bigger chip on their shoulder because, you know what, many of those kids might have wanted to go to Miami. There weren't kids on Miami who were like, man, if only FIU had recruited me, I would be playing for them. Well, so they didn't have that that. I get it, but, something. None, but none of that makes any sense to me. And to me, well, you, if you're in Miami, you want to... You want to show your show your your you're this bigger team or you're this better team in town that you're the real Miami team. FIU looked like the team that that wanted to do it more. I mean, I, it, it, as simple as, as simplistic as that sounds. Well, I want to go back to what Dukey said a second ago about the 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 gap closing between your quote unquote mid majors, whatever you want to call them, and a not so good team in a Power Five conference. Which let's face it, Miami is this yeah. year. And it for brought, the last ten years, yeah. Basically. Well, it brought me actually back to last year when Virginia Tech played Old Dominion. And, it, I mean, this game was such a carbon copy of that Virginia Tech Old Dominion game in many ways. Uh, these are, are the ones that jumped out to me when you mentioned that gap. If you are the lesser prepared team nowadays in college football because that gap has shrunk and you are the team that takes the game less seriously and because it is a game of so much momentum, that stuff starts to build up to where – the game is so much easier now, whereas back in the day when you know it was Nebraska and, and Texas and they could pick whoever they wanted and just go out and run all over everybody um, because of spread offenses and all that, the game is easier for smaller players to play, players who may not get the big offers elsewhere, um, to where if you go into a game like this and, and you don't take it seriously, you don't prepare properly, that game, Virginia Tech Old Dominion, Old Dominion won 49 to 35. Just like this game, Old Dominion won the turnover battle. In that game, I sat and watched it. Old Dominion could have scored 100 points. They had 632 yards of offense because they figured out, being the better prepared team, they had something Tech could not defend. In this game, it was almost where flip it where it was Miami on offense that, you know, for whatever reason, they weren't doing the thing that FIU couldn't stop, which was run the football. Mm -hmm. And because you, you either weren't prepared or didn't take it seriously enough to just go out and win the game as opposed to maybe getting your quarterback some more reps, whatever it might be, because that gap has closed, you have to take these games seriously or else you see things like that happen now. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. I'm going to say it as simple as can be right now. And this isn't about the game. This is not about uh, how prepared Miami was against FIU or anything like that. University of Miami football program is a broken program. 
is a broken program. It is shattered in pieces. It has been that way for a very long time. I think we've ignored the warning signs. I think as a community and a fan base in South Florida, people have wanted to live in the past so much. And what's the question that gets asked yearly? Is Miami back? Or when is Miami coming back? They start playing well. Is this when they're back? And if they, or if they're not playing well, when are they going to be back? And I think nationally, people have figured it out. Miami's never coming back. Miami's never going back to what they were before. And if we need to stop living in the past, what we're left with is in the present is that this team has now been in the ACC for, what, 18 years, yeah. 19 years? I don't know if I'm off a year or two. Point being, a, a, a long time. The time that many of the kids on this roster have been alive, they've never won an ACC title. Yep. They played for an ACC title one time, and they got just annihilated by a real powerhouse team, what Miami used to be many years ago. So when you start pointing fingers at Manny Diaz and Randy Shannon and Al Golden and Mark Richt and this coordinator and my goodness and all the play and the people that we've seen come through. There has what's the constant here? What can we figure out what the constant is? Because changing coaches and changing systems doesn't matter. You still on Sunday see plenty of Canes players. Maybe not to the level obviously of the 2000 team and things like that, but they still get talent. So what's the constant? Why aren't why can't they even be a solid ACC team? Well, I think. The sport has changed. I think the biggest factor is money. I mean, I think money, if you look at what some of the bigger programs, Miami just got an indoor practice facility, which should be a baseline of where it is. And frankly, that comes down to a commitment from a university. Well, you mentioned Al Golden, Randy Shannon, Manny Diaz. They're looking for this one guy to come and save the program. It's I just want someone to like win, just consistently win win and, Can Manny and rather be that guy because you know I'm not let me let's also make this clear because I think if anybody's listening to this podcast that's a Canes fan and if you you know if you are you likely are you want to hear our thoughts on this I am not the kind of person that thinks Manny Diaz should be fired I'm not now should Blake James job be on the hot seat yeah I would say he's the constant in the last seven years hmm. uh, I know that his job is not just to run the football program I get it and there are other things but that's that the most important thing he that's does the most important yeah. thing he does and I also understand that if you do move on to a new AD, then that AD has every right to bring in a, a, a new head coach if he wants to. So you would have to be understanding that if you brought a new AD, you can't just force Manny on him. But Clay, Dukey, my honest opinion on Manny D is this is not a defense of Manny. He's not doing a good job. But I've got to think you've got to give him more than a year to figure out if he can figure this out. Well, let me go back to what you just said a second ago about Blake James, and, and then let me take you back a year. Because I, I think, and look, we're, we're never going to know exactly what went on in that meeting between Mark Richt and Blake James as the year ended. But I, I think there was a, a difference in expectation mm -hmm. after what happened last year and, and the team fell off a little bit from the year before. And, and you know, I, I felt like there were a lot of Canes fans, potentially boosters, and, and who knows, maybe even Blake James, that wanted some sort of big change made mm -hmm. to make it clear that 2018 was not acceptable and, and we have to make a big move. And I, I wonder, when go back to what you said a second ago, because I think you hit the nail on the head with the you will never be back. And what I think people need to understand when you say something like that, the you will never be what Alabama is right now. The you will never be, I, I don't think, what Clemson 
is right now. I don't know that they're going to be what Ohio State is right now. They're not going to be that kind of program. So not consistently, at least. And I think it was Joel Clad who was talking about this, and I thought he brought up a really good point when it comes to interconference tiers. What is your program within its conference? And I think that's how Miami fans need to start looking at the Hurricanes program right now. And don't aspire right now to consistently get back to being Alabama level, Ohio State level, Clemson level right now. You need to go out there, kick the tails of Florida State in recruiting, make sure that you don't finish below North Carolina, make sure that you don't finish but consistently bring in guys that will fill your program, run the schemes that you think are right for your program, build the program, and don't just get rid of somebody because they have one off year. And I'm saying this because it felt like last year there were too many people that looked at Mark Richt and said, "Uh uh-oh, 2017 was great, but man, we got blown, Clemson blew our doors off. So we're so far away from that. So I, I think then when the next year happened, it was like, nope, nope, this isn't working. And I get it that Rick walked away on his own. But there were a ton of people out there that felt like he wasn't the right guy because he just he wasn't going to get them to the next level. Well, because, Yeah, because at Georgia every year, he was 9, yes. 10 wins, yes. and, and they felt that that had plateaued. Yes. And so for Miami's stand, right, but, but, but n- you think we would, but there's a, there's a contingent of fans who think, but yes. that's not 1983, that's not 1987, 89, 91. They've got to stop thinking that uh, well, way. But, but, see, but, but here's the problem, right? So when Manny Diaz comes... Comes in. How did he talk? He That's talked. A good point. Manny came That's a good in, point. and this is why. As much as I love University of Miami, and as much as I want Manny Diaz to succeed, I thought he talked too much blank before he came in. I really did Look, because I think he. I think he raised. I think he raised expectations for fans. So rather than dialing down the talk of the '80s, and rather than saying, "Look, it is unrealistic in 2019 for a small private school in Coral Gables to compete against the football machine that Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Florida have become," we're not there yet. It's going to take time, but rather. We're not in the strongest conference in America. Let's be successful here. Let's get to the let's win an ACC championship. The basketball team has done it for crying out loud. Let's win an yeah, ACC championship. The, at least start it. there. I but Manny it. didn't do that. Manny came in and he talked about the transfer portal and he talked about throwing it. I and he did. It. And can I ask you? But here's my problem with that. And I, I don't disagree with you. You're right. But I think we're having two different conversations here. You're right. But that has nothing to do with losing to Georgia Tech or losing to FIU or struggling against Central Michigan or letting North Carolina, Virginia Tech turn out to these huge leads. None of that matters. Now, when you get your butt kicked, they actually, one of the more competitive games they lost this season was against one of the teams you mentioned, Florida. Right. That was an early season ugly game. So let me bring this back around because I, yes, and I think it got a little off track, so I'm sorry for that. I I tend to do that. But I I think the, the point that we're trying to make with this thing is don't just give up on a coach because... He he isn't he he isn't laying the seeds that's going to make you think you're going to be Alabama 2019 or University of Miami, circa Jeremy Shockey years and 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 all the great teams that came around and here. I agree, by the way, I agree with Duke. He right. went too hard, too fast, too much, but. Yeah. That does, that's not but, why they lost to FIU. No, but but no, no, it's not why but they you lost can't, to FIU. But the no. thing is, it makes the loss to FIU worse. Right, but I and think it makes and it makes the leash that some fans have for him and the. Look, it is it is not unreasonable for you, Will, to say it's ridiculous to fire a coach after one year. He's got to at least have a couple of years to, to get Would his you system. you fire Manny? 
I'm real mad at him. <laughs> I if honestly, okay. to do, honestly, I want somebody. I want somebody's okay. head to roll. Blake Baker or 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 somebody. Court, fire both your coordinators and I go. Mean, you know what? You guys are too inexperienced. How do you? I would be. I would. I would appreciate that. Do, how do you? Danny knows goodbye. Consistency. If you just keep firing guys, and this is a hire better right. people. Here's Don't guy, ride with these guys. Here's a guy who's not patient. I don't consider myself a patient person. You know, Dookie texts me one time about a show. I get impatient. But that, so I'm, I don't live a patient. I'm not a patient no. man, but I try to be patient with coaches just because I do think it takes time for a system to be put in place. But see, here's the it, yes, you're 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 very rational about this. But I think Dookie kind of represents the the University of Miami fan that, with all due respect, Dookie, I know you love that, but I think that's the problem. I think oh, you have a I lot of totally, fans. No, and right. and I was mad, and and no, I agree. It's irrational, and I'm saying that. I looked at the schedule this year, okay, and I thought to myself, if there's one game they cannot lose on this schedule, it's FIU. Sure. It's that's just no. don't lose to FIU because we're having it puts a different Well, tier. the problem that's is we're having two different conversations that, way, that's, here. That's, that's the problem. No, but they all tie in somehow because we're all I, it's it all comes from frustration. Right. But and and look you're right. I, I don't even think there's a Miami fan that looked at the schedule and thought they could lose to See, FIU. I did. <laughs> uh, well, as, not, at the beginning of the season, FIU looked like a, a, a you know James Morgan at quarterback, and yeah. they looked like a team yeah. that could make some noise. They ended up having not been as good as maybe they thought or expected to be, but yet their season all of a sudden, all that stuff gets wiped out by beating Miami. It's a huge season for them already. Yes. Bowl eligible, and they beat Miami. Forget it. It's a huge year. So the two parts to this, this whole thing and this whole podcast. Number one, the game itself. I think we went over that a little bit. I thought they were poorly prepared I thought that they didn't take it as seriously I, I think they could have easily gone with what was working and found a way to win that game fairly easily instead of turning over the ball three times doing the thing that, that Jim Mandich used to tell you Dookie that uh, the things that you must not do in order to they lose a game avoid those yep. they did all of them mm-hmm. so True. that's the first part of it that is this game which is leading to this broader discussion well, also I the flopping yeah, is part of this we'll game get to that. I mean the but, flopping you know, yeah. they flopped I mean, that, that, but, this is not about this but is I'm just saying that's part of the game sure but the broader discussion the referee on the program to me the seeds of that are an unrealistic fan base and i think unfortunately but i think unfortunately some of those guys may be the ones who are writing the checks and the guys who are influencing the decisions within the athletic department you know funny the one thing i've done in the last year or two i've had a lot including one this weekend i've had a lot of conversations with former canes players many of them from the era that won a lot of games and they all tell me the same thing they're actually not as – while they get frustrated when Miami gets embarrassed like this against FIU, I think they all understand Miami that what they had was special and that that's not coming back. That's good to hear. You know, you, you talk to those guys and like, man, you can't compare to what we have. You're never going to have that again. But I think they're more rational in the sense of saying, but when you wear that orange and green, when you're part of this program, when you put that you on your helmet, you got to play with a certain swag, a certain attitude, a certain understanding that you're going in there thinking you're going to be better at your opponent and that you can win and you're going to do all the right things necessary to win. Because the one thing about Miami, they didn't win with swag. They won with talent and determination, attitude, Hard, hard work. work. Yes. Competitiveness. Those guys, those guys the stories of, of, of being in the gym and working late and, and being more prepared than the other team, that's what made them great aside from the fact that, yes, they also had a, a lot of talent. So if you erase that kind of talent and say, but just give me the other things, Miami should be competitive in the ACC. 
But right, not, right, not, right. Not. But I also think you need a, a coaching staff to have some sort of stability to where the guys that you're bringing in the program, it's more important the guys know what they're doing. And yeah, you need talent. But I think, and this goes back to your point, Dookie, about the gap and how it's closed a bit. You're not going to go out there and beat Clemson. I'm sorry. Not yeah. right now, not the run that they're on. But I think if you bring in South Florida talent, you could stock this team with nothing but three-star and low four-star guys from South Florida, including a quarterback. Start a system. Build a program where, yeah, your juniors and your seniors that may not be good enough to be NFL draft picks, high draft picks and leave early, but they're good enough to know the system and know what they're doing, not do the things that you should not be doing. And then their backups learn the system. And then by the time they're sophomores, juniors, and, and guess what? That can happen. That can happen because you're not going to get the five-star guys that are going to go to the NFL early every single year, like Alabama, Ohio State. But if you build that program and you allow a coach to have some time to build the program and those guys learn what they're supposed to be doing, you can win the Coastal every year, every other year. And I think that should be the goal for the Hurricanes, not to, oh, let's let's catch lightning in a bottle and, 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 and try to beat Alabama. That's not going to happen. So let's have that sustained good, and then maybe you get a great every now and then. Okay, but you well, can't fire well, everybody okay, well, every year so, let me, let's, let's, let's look at sustained good, because this is a theory I have. This is a long-standing theory I have, and I've talked about it for a while, and it relates exactly to this. I look at three fan bases. Miami Dolphins fans, Miami Hurricanes fans, Miami Heat fans, okay? Miami Dolphins fans are stuck in the 70s. The franchise is stuck in the 70s. They had Shula. They had the perfect team. Mm-hmm. They had the, the Zonka and Kick. They, they, ha- they played a certain way, the no-name defense. Never recreated it. They had a good arrow with Marino, but they never sustained the success of the 70s. So when I watch a game with my father-in-law, he'll say, you know, when Shula was was coaching, they never had any penalties. Always the least penalty. So there's this element of doll fans who are frustrated with the way they're at because they're stuck in the 70s. Furthermore, you talk about building consistently good. At the end of the Don Shula era... Fans got sick of consistently good. The Dolphins were winning nine or ten games every year. Making the playoffs first round wasn't good enough. They had to move on from him. Okay, which which is a biz- which is because they had this bizarre expectation. Move to the Canes. Canes fans are stuck in the eighties. They win five national championships, four of them in the eighties, or I'm sorry, three in the eighties, one in the nineties, one in two thousand. But they they have those national championships, so there's an expectation that of course that you can dominate. Okay, Heat fans. Okay, the Heat are really good this year. They're off to a really good start. There are fans who are going to, no matter what, if they think of the Heat in the playoffs, and let's say this Heat team gets the Eastern Conference Finals, they finish with 48 wins, that's a great season. But there are going to be fans who are conditioned by the big three who are going to be like, eh, I roll. And that's unfortunate. I think that we have had, it's like a blessing and a curse in South Florida, we've had so many epic runs, and we've had a series of them across different sports that have created expectations and fan bases that are absurd. And I think that's part of why Miami fans get a bad rap. Because if the Dolphins go nine and seven or ten and six, people are like, eh, they're ten and six back in the Shula days. And if the Canes won nine games and went to a decent bowl game and won, people would be like, Well, that's all right, but it's not what it was. Sure. And if the Heat, like I said, Eastern Conference Finals and they, you know, lose but they, they win forty plus game, you know, forty eight games, people are like, Yeah, you know, that's good, but it's not LeBron. 
and that's that's the problem. Sure, but I think and, and I think it's not no. just Kane's but, fans. But here's the issue with that analogy, by the way. And and I think you're right about all the fan bases. The problem with lumping in a, a college football program with two professional teams and and two salary cap sports is that the NFL has a level playing field and it's it's betting that everybody is going to go 8 and 8 and whatever you do is going to make you different than 8 and 8 whether you have a better GM or a better quarterback a better roster or a better scheme whatever it might be that's going to make you better than 8 and 8 everybody is built to go 8 and 8 in the NBA again salary cap yeah you got your your elite stars but theoretically everybody has the best opportunity uh, via the NBA, the, the draft lottery, whatever it is, you have the same opportunity to sign those guys. Now you have some uh, warm weather cities that may do a little bit better in free agency, all that. But you have two professional sports leagues where the playing field is relatively equal. In college football, it's just not that way. And and it's certainly not that way for the University of Miami anymore. The things that they used to be able to do so well, it's just not going to happen with the way the game has changed, where nowadays, man, you look at what Alabama and Clemson are able to do. Go, go on. Do me a favor if you're listening to this and you're curious. Go on the Alabama football or the Clemson football website mm-hmm. and just look at the staff directory. It is absolutely crazy how many people but they have again, that work there, right. the resources. It's insane. So the whole point is, University of Miami, it's not going to get there. Don't give up on a coach just because, oh, that guy's never going to win us a national championship. Give somebody a chance to, to have a good team and consistently win the coast. Two, two points I want to make for both of you, because we're going to start wrapping this up. But number one is, I don't even want, I want Miami to just be a, a solid ACC team. I, I, I'm not that irrational fan Dukey's talking about. I don't live in the past. Look, I, I say this all the time. I went to the University of Miami because of my love of UN football. When I started watching those Canes team and watching Benny Blades, I fell in love with Benny, the way he played when I was a young teenager in the 80s and, and started loving the U and all the swag and the wide rights and all that stuff. And I ended up studying and going to UM and studying broadcasting. And I love my alma mater. I do. But I don't live in those days. I also know what Clay just referenced as what college football has become. I know what Miami isn't. I understand what they probably won't be. I just want them to be a, a solid ACC team. That's, they're not. Just don't ruin my Saturdays. Yeah, just just don't be that. What they become, it's not even mediocre. It's it's the you know because people say like, oh, you act like you knew Miami was going to lose to FIU. I didn't. But what do mediocre teams do? Sometimes they lose to the FIUs of the world and to the teams that you know you're technically supposed to beat. And that's the way it works. That's why <sighs> what, what makes you mediocre. You know, if if this was the 2000 Miami team losing to FA, FIU, yes, it's the shocker of all ages. It's it's it's. It's incredible, but this is not that incredible to me. FIU's talent isn't that bad. They have some talented players. They don't have enough of it at certain positions, and but Miami falls into the same category. You know, they don't have enough elite talent. So that's number one. Number two is, if not him, meaning Manny, then who? Guys, Miami can't go out and, and buy out Manny and go spend another $10, 15000000 million on another coach, and they're just not in that position. I'll be, oh, make the calls. The boosters have money. They do, but they don't want to throw it away. These guys don't want to throw away this money. They just don't, nor should they. Who's going to, you know, they, I'll be honest with you, I was almost, I don't use the word shock often, I was almost shocked when they got Mark Richt. Mm-hmm. Because Richt was a guy who had such a good track record yeah. at a school that is now a true powerhouse in Georgia, and I know that it, that it didn't end well for him there, but I thought, why would Mark Richt want to come here with all the, after getting used to that, 
Why would he would I come here where it's all about? I remember Mark Rick did this a couple of years here. What was he? He was the pitch man. He was the one always <laughs> at the you know what I mean at the yeah. meetings trying to get look at give money to our our indoor facility and mm-hmm. let's get yeah. this thing rolling. We want. I mean, you think he had to do that at Georgia? At Georgia, those guys were throwing in yeah. money all the time. So if not Manny, then who? You. It, you're just gonna keep throwing names and on a dart, throwing darts on a board, trying to see what name you hit, and hoping that you hit the jackpot. It's just not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You got to give a guy a chance. And if you think that that's a losing mentality by hearing me say that, or that I'm pathetic saying that because I'm just accepting mediocrity, so be it. Think of me that way. But I, to me, it's just mediocrity is what Miami is, and what I'm looking for is consistency. And changing a coach every two years is not going to find you consistency. All right. Well, you might have, you might have talked me a little bit a little bit off. I, I I wasn't, and just being perfectly honest, I wasn't at fire Manny, but I was at do something, <laughs> do something. These two teams don't play again. They're not scheduled to play again anytime soon, and you know. I went from having a really good feeling about the season. Okay, they found their quarterback. They beat Florida State. They're they're heading somewhere mm-hmm. to not feeling like that. To thinking their quarterback is awfully inconsistent. I mean, I know he's a freshman, but wow, that was a really, really bad performance. I mean, you don't want to single out a, a college kid, but oof. And to, I just... My whole feeling about the season, it's not going to change with the Duke game, and it's not going to change with a mediocre bowl game. It's its going to be like, what are they doing? Where are they going? How are they going to what, – what, what does Manny Diaz want to do with this program besides what he did last offseason? I, I don't know. Like, I, well, I don't I know. Much, I wonder if he will tone that down, by the way. I don't, yeah, oh, he is, better. Is he, are the GIFs going to keep coming? Are the, are the big, you know <laughs> – he needs to be explosion gifs of, of of just show us video is the, the hashtag workout. what yeah. is it the new miami is the yeah, lose that lose that just 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 go just just have a better team next year let me do a quick <laughs> reference by the way to uh, the best team and that's fair motors that's our sponsor today when you spend your hard-earned money in a car go to a place with a reputation i promise you there's no business in the state of florida with a better reputation than vera motors vera cadillac new gmc pembroke pines the vera family has been serving south florida for 60 years for the best deal in south florida the best service vera cadillac new gmc vera cadillac new gmc 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Congrats to FIU. Yes. If, I, if we haven't said that enough, I you know because I feel like people think we're we're just basically thinking that Miami gave them this game. No, FIU earned this game. Miami didn't come prepared. FIU did. They earned the game. That's the way you win football games, especially when the talent level, to be quite honest, isn't that. And how about to Butch? How about I mean, like yeah, say what you want, stuff, but that's got to feel good. Was annoying. No, no, but just just but, for just look. There's, I don't think Butch made it a secret after what happened at the oh, University of North he, Carolina he, he, yeah. that he coveted the University of Miami he job. Wanted job. He wanted to come back. Why not? And so, a lot of Canes fans did, wanted him to. And so here was his, he got one shot. He got one Good chance to play against the University of Miami. He got him at – actually, no, they played last year, didn't they? Well, anyway, he got a chance to play him at the Orange Bowl, and he got him. And so he – he Whatever – by hook congrats. or by crook – Congrats to Butch. Congrats to FIU. Maybe it's something they build off. They got Marshall yet to play, and then we'll see what bowl they go to. The Canes have Duke to play. We'll see what bowl they go to. But whatever the case may be, there's going to be another interesting offseason for Miami to make decisions, for that program to make decisions. I wouldn't expect Manny Diaz to get fired. I'm just being honest with you. But I also don't think they can stay with the status quo, given as angry people are. So we'll, we'll see. That's your Miami Sports Pod. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk next week. We'll see what the week in South Florida sports brings. Happy Thanksgiving.